Did you know that every major diaper company either financially or vocally supports abortion? If that appalls you and you're looking to support a baby brand that aligns with your pro-life, pro-family views, then every life is your solution. Every life firmly believes that regardless of where someone is from, what they look like, or whether they were planned or unplanned, every baby is a miracle from God worthy of love, protection, and celebration. Every Life offers high-performing, supremely soft, premium diapers and wipes delivered right to your doorstep. Their diapers are crafted without fragrances, dyes, lotions, latex, parabens, or phthalates. And you can feel good knowing that every purchase with Every Life contributes to changing lives through their support of pro-life organizations and pregnancy resource centers. Every Life is not just changing diapers, they're changing lives. Visit everylife.com to learn more. That's everylife.com. And don't forget to use promo code Duffy10 for an exclusive 10% discount on your first order today. Hey, everybody. Welcome to From the Kitchen Table. I'm your host, Sean Duffy, along with my lovely co-host for the podcast, but also my hot partner in life, Rachel Ooh, hot Campos partner. Duffy. Wow, I love that. <laughs> I got to well, spice up my intro of you. Yeah. Is that right? It's definitely spicy. Spicy. Um, listen, this is our second week doing two episodes per week. I kind of like it. We get around the kitchen table a little more. I do too. It's kind of fun. And you know, a lot of times we spend some of our podcasts, you know, talking about all the things that are going wrong in our country and we don't talk enough about the victories, Sean. Of what's going right. Of what's going right. And and this week, we have a lot to celebrate. And it's not just that Roe versus Wade was overturned. There are other victories that are kind of going under the radar a little bit because Roe versus Wade is such a monumental decision to be overturned, something you and I, frankly, I, as much as I toiled in the pro-life movement, I never thought this moment would come in my lifetime. I didn't really even let myself go that far. And here we are with Roe versus Wade overturned, but also other things. In Arizona, my home state, um, they passed the biggest, I mean, this is the most important legislation in education, school choice we've seen in our nation's history. So basically in Arizona, every single child, not just needs-based as you see in and, and specific areas as we see in the state of Wisconsin, but literally Every single child in Arizona has their state funding attached to them, yeah. and they can take it wherever they want. So, yeah, this passed in Arizona, your uh, home state, or old home state, because now I call your home state Wisconsin. But, always, I'm always going to be but, in Arizona, bro. No, you're not. Uh, <laughs> but but I think it's important because, again, I, I think, and I've said this, and you've heard me say this a, a lot, it's that you can't change the country by Washington, D.C., but you can change it in your states, which is why I think governors are so important. And here you have a Republican legislature and a Republican governor in uh, in Governor Ducey in Arizona. And they said, listen, we're sick of the wokeness that's coming from uh, from schools, from teachers' unions. They want to teach CRT. They want to uh, teach transgenderism, the global warming and the, the 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 instruction in the school system doesn't always fit the values of the parents and the families that send their kids into that school system. And I think this is an argument of fairness. Arizonans pay taxes, and those tax dollars then what force the family into a school system that indoctrinates their yeah. children. Democrat school, as Pete Hegseth calls Democrat, it. <laughs> that's right. Why not give Why not give people that money back and let them choose a school that works? 
for their family and for their child and let competition play out. And if the public school can't uh, match up and doesn't fit the values of, and, and you does, can take does, it your kid wherever wherever else wherever that fits you your values. So that was a massive win in Arizona. Really, I mean, we covered it on Fox and Friends. I haven't seen it covered in a lot of other places. You have, by the way, of course, last week the victory of Myra Flores, an amazing victory in Texas. Where first of all, she's the first Mexican-born member of Congress. Now she's been sworn in, and um, some controversy around that, which we could talk about as well. Uh, but she was sworn in. And a district that hadn't gone for a Republican in decades. And no, over 100 years. Over 100 years. Thank you very much. I thought it was you're 80. Welcome. I thought it was 80, but no, you're right. Over 100 years. That's cataclysmic. You had a hundred, you had, I'm sorry, you had one million voters switch from the Democrat Party to the Republican Party. And then we had the Supreme Court decision, Sean. Um, for this football coach, which you're going to lay out a little bit for us, for those people who haven't been following that. Well, no, I hundred percent. So we're going to, we're not, we're going to come back to the other, this is the thing. Just kind of lay that when out a little bit. When we sit at our kitchen table, sometimes we I don't know. have a great plan. So, um, okay. I'm going to, what you want me to talk about the. Well, I just want you to lay out what happened there in the Supreme Court. Cause I mean, we're all talking yeah, so, about Roe versus Wade, but this was a massive decision well, for America it was, as well. So, so you had a, you had a junior varsity football coach, um, who after the game on his own time would go to the 50 yard line and kneel and pray. Um, and after he did that for some time, all of a sudden kids would come and join him as they would then after the game kneel and pray. And the school in, in essence told him to stop when a coach from an opposing team had complained about it. And he did stop for a couple of weeks, but then said, you know what? No, I'm not going to stop. I'm going to keep kneeling and praying after the game. It's my time. I'm not on school time right now. The game is over. And he was warned when he continued and then was fired. So he filed suit against the school. It went to the Supreme Court. Um, and I just I want to I want to read this to you, Rachel. This is this is a quote from Neil Gorsuch in his opinion. He was the author of the opinion. And, and he said, here, a government entity sought to punish an individual for engaging in a belief, quiet, personal, religious observation doubly protected by the free exercise and free speech clause of the First Amendment. Mm -hmm. And the only meaningful justification the government offered for its reprisal rested on a mistaken view that it had a duty to ferret out and suppress. And I think that's so important for Gorsuch to lay that out because so often there is a misreading of the Constitution that the separation of church and state means that you, the, the liberals will say, well, you can't have any religion, any faith in the public square, when really that clause was to say you don't have a government-run religion, yeah, right? You don't have you. a right. You don't have you don't have one faith that is endorsed by by the state. And here again, you had a you had a man who prayed after a game, and so again, I think it's so interesting that we have a court that is, uh, is is not trying to make law on the bench, but they're actually looking at the Constitution, the actual words of the documents that were put together by our founders, and interpreting what that means. Uh, they're called strict... I'm sorry, uh, constructionists. Strict constructionists, as I need to put, drink a little bit of water to, to say that. But again, I think this is important. And again, it's a, it, it is, it is um, a blow for religious freedom and liberty in this country. Again, going back to the, the roots of what our founders believed. Yeah, and it's so interesting because, of course, the liberals are losing their minds uh, because I think in this past week, these victories, although we're not hearing a lot about it, you can be sure that those people who are 
the consultants and the strategists in the Democrat Party are seeing what's happening at the courts, thanks to Donald Trump, elections do matter. He he did this, by the way. He did. Uh, Joe Biden brought us high gas prices. Donald Trump brought us a court full of people who uh, enough people to um, interpret our constitution as it was meant to be. Um, they're they're noticing. <laughs> you can be sure they notice a million people change their voter registration. And by the way, a lot of people very lazy to change their voter registration. So th- think about how many more people will just vote Republican without ever having you know gone through the effort of changing their well, voter registration. You, you said that way too fast. A million voters change their registration to Republican. And again, I this I think this is fascinating because I don't think that these voters fully agree with, you know, Mitch McConnell or Republican agendas. I don't think that. But I do think they look at what Democrats have promised them. And they've seen the Democrats being able able to implement their policies. And the end result hasn't met the promise. My gas prices... It just hasn't met the promise. It's destroying our country, Sean, on Uh, every level. It's It's destroying families. Wealth, um, it's throwing more people into poverty when you can't put gas in your car and you can't go to the grocery store, you can't go to work, or when you do get to the grocery store, you can't buy meat any longer. Um, you're having a hard time figuring out how to buy groceries and feed your family. Those are real issues that families are having that Joe Biden doesn't seem to care. He's at the G summit, uh, the G7 summit right now. And instead of having a conversation at the G7 and saying, listen, how do we come together? as the G7, and figure out how do we lower the price of energy for our citizens. Joe Biden is promoting to the rest of his G7 colleagues global warming, climate change, more green energy, which, by the way, is not going to reduce what we pay to move our cars from point A to point B. It's going to only increase the cost of... They want this, Sean. This is the the transition that they've been talking about. They want to implement it through these globalist organizations and policies. They want everyone on board because remember, part of his excuse for inflation is it's not just here in America. It's happening globally. So as long as they can make these green policies international, if you will, globalist, if you will, then they can say, well, it's not me. It's happening all over the world. When we know that the food supply shortage, the um, the uh, supply chain issues that were caused by a pandemic, again, that had all these globalist policies working in sync together. Um, and, and obviously these green these green policies and also all of them were all together on the Ukraine war, which has a lot to do with the um, energy and food prices as well. So all of this. They want this transition. They want us more dependent on government. They want us poor and less independent thinking. They want to destroy the middle class. The middle class, Sean, has always been the thorn in the side of authoritarianism, of authoritarians, of tyranny. Because if you're in the middle class, you don't need government. You're self-sufficient. And they don't want people self-sufficient. But I think I, I think this is fascinating because... I was in politics, as you know. I was in the Congress for you know nine years, and you have to be responsive to the people who blessed you with their vote that that lent you the power of a congressional seat or a Senate seat or the presidency because it is lent to you, and you want to do things that are in the best interest of the people that sent you to these positions of power and. Joe Biden and Democrats right now aren't looking out for the best interest of Americans. To your point, they're looking out to transform America from carbon 
to green energy, which by the way, we have an, enough carbon resources of gas and oil in this country to provide our energy needs for well over a hundred years. And instead of using that resource, they want to transfer us to green energy where we don't make the batteries, we don't make the windmills, we don't make the solar panels, we can't mine the critical minerals in America that go into those technologies. We have to outsource that to other countries. And so what Joe Biden is doing is taking oil and gas, which is ours, and making us reliant again on the rest of the world, which is so frustrating. But here's what I find fascinating. In Europe... The EU has now, because of the increased cost of fuel, has said, we're going to build more pipelines. Now, they're at the forefront of this whole green movement, the EU is. But they even say more pipelines in the EU. And, and, coal, Germany, and coal. They want more coal. Well, Germany is some of the most radicals on the, on the global warming movement who have tried to eradicate not just coal, but nuclear. And nuclear, by the way, doesn't have any carbon emission. They've actually started to uh, look at how do they reconstitute their coal plants to meet their energy needs. That's how bad it's gotten in Europe and in Germany. But Joe Biden, on the flip side, says, no, no, we're going to continue to forge ahead and make our people pay five plus dollars a gallon. And you wait till winter comes. If this continues, people in, in my home state, I would say our home state of Wisconsin, how do they heat their homes? I know. They're not going to have money to heat People their homes because oh. gas is going to be so high. We'll have more of this conversation after this. Did you know that every major diaper company either financially or vocally supports abortion? If that appalls you and you're looking to support a baby brand that aligns with your pro-life, pro-family views, then every life is your solution. Every life firmly believes that regardless of where someone is from, what they look like, or whether they were planned or unplanned. Every baby is a miracle from God, worthy of love, protection, and celebration. Every Life offers high-performing, supremely soft, premium diapers and wipes delivered right to your doorstep. Their diapers are crafted without fragrances, dyes, lotions, latex, parabens, or phthalates. And you can feel good knowing that every purchase with Every Life contributes to changing lives through their support of pro-life organizations and pregnancy resource centers. Every Life is not just changing diapers, they're changing lives. Visit everylife.com to learn more. That's everylife.com. And don't forget to use promo code Duffy10 for an exclusive 10% discount on your first order today. And that's why people are responding. I mean, I think that's why you're seeing some of these changes. You know, uh, you talked about the million the million people who changed their voter registration. Um, you see the approval numbers. No group. I mean, they thought they had the Latino vote locked up. They thought that, you know, it, it was theirs. And, and, and they could just bring in more people illegally and add to that. And they had this permanent majority by just flooding our country with more um, Hispanics. But it turns out that... Those Hispanics who are American citizens are going, wait a minute, you're really concerned about getting people in here who have no um, legal right to be here. You're purposefully impoverishing my country. You're purposefully destroying our school system, making my kids not learn science, math and history. And instead, you're indoctrinating them with things that are absolutely antithetical to my values as a Hispanic family. You're doing all of these things to make it harder for me to have a small business. No one was hurt more during the pandemic, Sean, than the Hispanic community, because as you know, Hispanics are the most 
entrepreneurial demographic. Never in, heard you say that before. In America, I say it all the time. It's it's who we are. We start businesses at three times the rate of the average American. You think about that. You know, restaurant that you know. Um, uh, you know that small business down the street. That bodega. That you know. Hispanics, that, that, that mechanics, um, all of these people that had small businesses, and we have so many of them. And by the way, the, the fastest, the fastest growing prior to the pandemic, small business owners were Hispanic women. And so not surprising to me that Hispanic women are turning um, along with Hispanic men who started to turn in the Trump era against the Democrat Party. Now you're seeing their wives and sisters joining in this movement. And you're seeing that the lowest approval number of any demographic in the United States against Joe Biden are Hispanics. They cannot stand this socialist, you know, uh, administration. They can't stand the centralization. They can't stand this control. They can't stand the lack of religious liberty. They're feeling it. And by the way, you know, we had, we've been talking a lot about Roe versus Wade. I know the Democrats think this is going to solidify their suburban mom vote, Sean. I think it's going to hurt them with Hispanics because it's going to expose. They don't like to talk about their pro-choice radical positions with Hispanics who are very pro-life. No, a hundred percent. They 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 really are. They're, they're it's a it's a, um, a a huge swath of of Catholic voters, which are you know more often than not. And evangelicals actually, evangelicals are. Evangelical but, Hispanics are are a massive force. Here's what I think is interesting. If you're a, the Democrat Party, you're like, I know how I win Hispanic votes and keep Hispanic votes. I need to bring in more Hispanics from Central and South America with an open border. And the, I think the Democrats are finding now that that actually doesn't work because Hispanics who are Americans and American voters who, by the way, only have an approval rating for Joe Biden of 24%, uh, they say, I care actually not about an open border. I care about inflation. I care about gas prices. I care about opportunity for me to get a good paying job. I care about a good education. I care about upward mobility. That's what matters to them. And when Joe Biden and Democrats haven't delivered on those issues, they said, I got to look somewhere else, which is why Myra Flores was elected in Texas. It hasn't been since 18-something, 18 and change, that a Republican had held that seat. Democrats have had it forever. And she came in with a pro-life. Pro-God. She said, I'm pro-God. I'm pro-America. I'm pro. She's married to a Border Patrol agent. She's married to a Border Patrol, which people don't realize, Sean, that's a majority minority force so over 50 percent of the border patrol are hispanic americans they love law and order by the way if you were just coming from if you were in mexico and you came to america legally if you were in central america legally or illegally what do you understand you understand that law and order impacts it matters it impacts the way you live your life. And so at the border where so many Hispanics, I mean, that district that Myra came out of, Sean, was an 80% Hispanic district. You know, they're feeling the effects, the cartels basically taking over, um, operationally controlling our border and all of that crime and chaos coming into their communities. So they feel that. And so, you know, that is why you're seeing, I think, you know, my dad, Sean, you know, Miguel Campos, master, former master sergeant, Miguel Campos, my dad, he was a, came from a Union Democrat town, a copper mining town in Arizona. He was when he was in the military. He saw the you know basically he saw the malaise of the seventies, the way we're seeing the malaise um, under Joe Biden, and he decided to vote 
for Ronald Reagan. It was the first time he voted for a Republican in his life was for Ronald Reagan. And he never turned back because he started to realize, hey, these values are mine, too. So I think this is a real dangerous zone for for Democrats, Sean, because you get a bunch of Hispanics, a mass, a wave of Hispanics voting for Republicans in this election. They may never turn back to yeah, the Democrat right. Party because that's what happened to my dad. Well, and we, and we talked about with this voting block, the the economic issues that truly mattered, not to they, they mattered to every American, but they really mattered to Hispanics as well. But the issue of school choice, you mentioned mm. we earlier talked about what's happening in, in Arizona. And when 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 you have failing schools, I think. Uh, Americans who you know are are only a generation or two from coming from somewhere else, they understand that the best way to rise the in the ranks in America to the, your pathway to the American dream comes through education. And so, if they have a failing school and are trapped, they don't like that. They want to have the choice to send their kid to the best school possible. And Republicans are the ones that are saying, we want to give you that choice. We want to give you that freedom. And Democrats are saying, no, we want to lock you in a failing school that's teaching you not, to your point, Rachel, math, science, English, history. We want to talk you talk to you about CRT. We want to talk to you about Gender. transgenderism. Yeah. And on top of that, and on top of that, you have the life issue. And well, can, life, can, we, can we before we get to life? I want to go back to, to, to school because I think it's important. Sure. Your state you of can Wisconsin. Do you want. You're the boss. Uh, OK, well, your state of Wisconsin was on the forefront of school choice. It, it's it has been in the school choice True. area for it. It really Tommy is. Thompson. Yeah. Since Tommy Thompson. But it has been limited to areas like Milwaukee. Where there happen to be a lot of Mexican-Americans, a lot of Hispanics, mainly Mexican-Americans, and they like school choice. And one of the things I learned when I was working for the Libra mm-hmm. Initiative, um, a, a, a nonprofit that tried to empower um, Hispanics um, to achieve the American dream, was that the representatives, the state and assembly representatives, state senate and, and assembly representatives of those areas— didn't like, didn't tell. They actually hid their anti-choice, school choice votes from the uh, Hispanic, Hispanic voters pop- in Milwaukee. Right, and our and the job of of the Hispanics for School Choice organization, which I was on the board of, and also the Libra Initiative, was simply to go, hey, by the way, just want you to know, your representative voted against school choice. So w- w- what's happening is that a lot of Hispanics are awake now to the fact they're woke now they're awake to the fact that they're the democrat party is against school choice hispanics love school choice hispanics do not like having their children indoctrinated with transgenderism and other values that are undercut their family values their hispanic and christian values and so a lot of what's happening is just exposing it and by the way the unions did this to themselves. And what's what, as, as Democrats, as, as they're a party of rich liberals yes. that come up with lip, uh, rich liberal policies that they think are going to work for poor people, Hispanics, African-Americans. No, um, they're not and the then party implemented, they're All of a sudden, there's a realization with a, a whole class of Americans that say, these people don't represent me anymore. Their, their policies don't make my life better. It's making my life worse, and therefore I'm looking for a different party to represent me. And the more you get the Myra Floreses out there that talk about these conservative values that show you that you can be a Hispanic woman. Of I mean, actually, she was born in Mexico. She came here when she was six years old. 
and she fits your values, you're going to see a cascading effect, I think, yes. of more Hispanics running as Republicans. And I do think, like your father, you're going to see a transition happen in the country. And if Democrats lose the Hispanic voting bloc, um, they have a hard time winning elections throughout the country. Can I make one other point, too? Mm. I, I was, uh, I'm hosting Fox uh, Business at 5 this week, and we had a conversation about Illinois. And there's, uh, there's what's happening right now is there there are races in the country, Senate races in in deep blue states that are actually uh, looking like they could be in danger for Democrats and Republicans wow. could win. One of them is uh, in Washington state um, where uh, Joe Biden won by 20 points. Uh, current senator Democrat is only up by five points uh, right now. So these th- th- there's races that come into play. And I, I want to talk about Illinois specifically because. Chicago is very liberal. We all know Lori Lightfoot. We know the crime problems that happen in Chicago, but Chicago is liberal. But the rest of the state, it's a big state. It's all conservative. But most people in the state live in Chicago. It's a huge city. And so it's really hard to win statewide elections, even though if you look at the the, 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 the mass of land is mostly red. The deep blue city right at the top of Chicago is dark blue. So what happens when you actually get you know, two, three, four, five percent of the voting block in Chicago that switches from from blue to red. You don't flip Chicago. Chicago is never going to vote for Republicans. But if you flip, you know, four percent of the vote, five percent of the vote in Chicago, all of a sudden you can win statewide elections because you have so many other Republicans throughout the state. I think those kind of things are happening not just because of the economy, but also because of crime, that you don't have DAs, you don't have mayors that believe in law enforcement, and they're not keeping their communities safe. So again, Democrat policies, whether they're on energy, whether they're on crime, whether it's on inflation, taxes, they're failing at every single level, and it's making people rethink their allegiance to a party that doesn't fit their values any longer. And I think this could this could be a massive shift in the way America votes and the way they look at the political parties. Yeah, you know, a party that is purposely impoverishing them, making them yes. poor in order to achieve some ideological agenda, a party that's making it unsafe for them to walk their kids to school or to, you know, do the basic things. You know, this whole podcast, Sean, was about hope. Hope. It was about hope that we could, that, that America could renew itself. And I, you know, sometimes I'm on the show and, you know, Will Kane, when I'm on the weekends, often gives me a a hard time because I can seem pretty pessimistic because as you and I both know, we're very concerned about how the future of America. Yeah. How so how how young kids in particular have been very effectively indoctrinated um, by the left. But that said. We had on our podcast, and if you haven't seen it, a, a couple weeks ago, we had a young man. You can look up the podcast. His name was Daniel DiMartino. He is a young man who came from Venezuela, and we talked to him about the parallels of what happened in Venezuela prior to the you-know-what hitting the fan and the extreme. They went from being the richest country in Latin America to the poorest. What were the things that he saw happening? And does is he seeing any of these things happening here? And of course he said, yes, he sees a lot of parallels. But he said the difference is that in Venezuela, they didn't have guns. So the government knew that they could push the people around and the people could never fight back. And two, 
that we still have these little pockets of, you know, these little laboratories of democracy at the states. And he talked also about cities and how much hope he had for America by seeing the fact that San Francisco was able, San Francisco, the most liberal, probably the most liberal city in the country, actually throw out their DA. Chase Boudin. Uh, Chase Boudin, a, a man who, by the way, was the translator for the Venezuelan dictator Hugo Chavez. He was raised by billionaires, by a bunch of Marxists, and he was the basically the epitome of what George Soros wanted and did fund to get into that office. And the people of San Francisco, the most liberal city in the country, said San Francisco had to descend into Mad Max, essentially. But it did. And the people said, hell no, we've had enough of this. And they threw him out. And Daniel DiMartino will tell you that's the story of America, that we can, as a people, come together and turn this crap around. And we're seeing it across the country. These signs that you're bringing up, you know, the school choice situation, we had to have the pandemic to bring that about, right? We had to go down deep into some bad times, but we can bring it back. And I think as you look around the country, you know, in in Democrats, again, who make these promises and make these pronouncements, where have they been successful? Again, look at San Francisco, look at Chicago, look at Baltimore, look at New York City, look at LA. You have failing cities with Democrat leadership over the course of decades. They want to bring those same policies to America and they want America to fail like Chicago and San Francisco. Um, And you're right. We do still have our vote, but that's why it was so important for Democrats to change voting laws in America. Yes. And that was their H.R. 1. It's their first House bill that they wanted to put into place to change the voting laws, which I think would institute the ability to cheat um, in elections. And again, I don't think the federal government should control our elections. I do think the states should control our elections. That's a positive. But to, to this point, Rachel, I do think it's it, I, I get pessimistic as well and, I, and mostly about the kids and, and how we've allowed Democrats to take over school systems. But with Myra Flores's election in Texas, a, a, a Hispanic woman running as a Republican won that seat. The overturning of Roe v. Wade, giving that right back to states and back to voters. School choice in Arizona, letting parents choose. That's going to spread, Sean. Right that them. is going to spread out of Arizona across the country. hundred percent. And so I think it's a pretty darn good week. And our daughter got married and my nephew won the Stanley Cup for the Colorado Avalanche. So all in all, a really great week. And I guess a great week to be happy with that. Yeah. Everybody should just take a lot of hope in these in these moments. And we thank you uh, for joining us this week. And we hope that we leave you with hope, a hope, a a little hope around (laughs) the kitchen table, a little bit of coffee, a little bit of hope. Things look a little bit brighter. It's 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 sunny and it's summer and uh, maybe it's morning in America again. It is morning in America. America can renew itself. So if you um, we, we want to thank you for joining us around the kitchen table. If you like this podcast, you can rate, review and subscribe wherever you do that at. And we hope to see you around the kitchen table next week. Bye bye. Bye bye. This is Jimmy Fallon, inviting you to join me for Fox Across America, where we'll discuss every single one of the Democrats' dumb ideas. Just kidding. It's only a three-hour show. Listen live at noon Eastern or get the podcast at foxacrossamerica.com.